Hey, welcome back to episode five of Real Life. This week's a fun conversation that I had all about work ethic and the importance of doing your best without the expectation of receiving anything in return. It's a topic I'm extremely passionate about and we talked about it for a good while. I think this is the longest episode to date. I really enjoyed this week's conversation and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Like I've said in the last few episodes, the number one thing you guys could do right now to help me and support this podcast is by sharing it with a friend. Share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. But I won't keep you for any longer. Here is episode five of Real Life. Hey, welcome back to episode five of Real Life. We're back to recording on Sunday afternoons. It's a beautiful, not so beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Melbourne. It's been a bit of a muggy, ugly, cold and miserable day here today. I was actually firstly, you know, I was I was actually disappointed that we we're going into lockdown in winter. I was initially thinking like, oh, this would be so much nicer if the weather was good and it was sunny and beautiful and we'd be able to at least appreciate the weather. But I've got to be honest with you, these last few days where it's been a little bit gross and a little bit nasty outside have made it a hell of a lot easier to stay inside all day. I've got to be honest with you. So lockdown's actually been made a tiny bit easier by the fact that it's really disgusting outside at the moment. So I, yeah, I was, I was quite surprised by that. I think it's, yeah, like I, I'm such a sucker for, you know, the days where it's sunny. It's what I can't remember who said it. I was listening to a comedian, but he said Australians are inherently lazy, um, and we're inherently lazy because it's so nice. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time here, he was a comedian, an Australian comedian who who moved over to Korea for a bit, and he said that the most productive he's ever been is during a Korean winter because it's so cold there. And I experienced the same thing when I was living in Canada. It was so cold outside that the only thing I wanted to do was go out and shoot the images and then go straight home and edit them. It wasn't about, you know, staying outside and enjoying the sun or enjoying the scenery. It was just, it is so cold outside right now. I can't do anything but stay inside. And I'm feeling that right now. Obviously, it's not 40 below here in Melbourne. We don't get anywhere near even going below zero here in Melbourne, but... It is nicer knowing that if I'm going to be locked inside, at least I'm not missing out because FOMO is something that I will always struggle with. FOMO is one of my biggest, biggest struggles in life is just that fear of, yeah, missing out on something and yeah, sunny days and beautiful weather is always, always the number one piece. I'm rambling now. I'm completely rambling like I do in every single episode of this podcast so far. I wanted to first start out by saying that the podcast is finally available on all platforms. I'm not going to bash Anchor, but I'm going to bash Anchor and say that they have in their details, they say that they will help you distribute your podcast. Very high focus on the word help, not we will distribute your podcast, because as soon as they got it up on Spotify, they didn't do anything. In fact, they made it available on iTunes, but didn't make it available unless you pasted the uh, the actual, I can't remember how, but it was just this weird loophole of how you can listen to it on, on iTunes rather than being able to search the podcast. So what I've done this week is I've just I've emailed them like 15 times saying, hey, you haven't distributed my podcast, what's going on? And they finally got it on all of those sites. And then I've gone and manually distributed it on iTunes. So the podcast is now available on Google Podcasts, 
all the other podcasts is like Mixer and all that sort of stuff available on our Anchor and then it's also available on Apple Podcasts. So if you have been listening on YouTube and wanting to listen because you're not a Spotify user, you're an Apple Music user, well, it's now finally available to you. I know it's taken way longer than I wanted it to, but it's finally up there and you can listen to it. I want to first start out by saying thank you so much to the 70-odd, I think it's 70 people who have gone and given this podcast a rating and a review. Um, I've read through all of them. I really, really appreciate every single one of you. Um, But I want to bring this up because uh, not all the reviews were positive. Uh, We had, I think, one or two quite negative reviews. And and I can't say I didn't expect it. And I wanted to start at this podcast by talking about, you know, critics, praise and, and finding the line between balancing both and understanding and accepting both of those realities because it's going to happen to all of us. We're all going to, if you're putting anything out online, you're going to get positivity and you're going to get negativity. I've actually been quite thankful that my work, my work isn't very polarizing. I've got to be honest with you. When you're posting pretty pictures of sunsets and sunrises, the most polarizing thing I do is maybe do a little bit more Photoshop than most photographers. But at the same time, I'm not hiding that from anyone. So anyone who does criticize the Photoshop element, I'm always sort of a little bit dumbfounded wondering, you know, what are you criticizing, dude? Like, if I wanted to make this easier for myself, I wouldn't Photoshop. So it's always an interesting argument when I get negativity on Instagram, but I have had my fair share of uh, negative comments, regardless of the fact that my work isn't very polarizing. But when I first started this podcast, um, I should probably give context here. So the the negativity that came towards the podcast uh, came in the form of people uh, describing it as uh, the way they describe most self-help sort of content online as being, you know, it gets a bad rap. I got to be honest with you, before I started reading and and getting into the world of self-help, I thought the exact same thing. I thought it was very, uh, it was a very strange industry. I thought it was, it was, it didn't make any sense to me. It seemed very fake and, and strange and weird. And, and a lot of people with big egos sort of talking about themselves. And, and it just didn't really seem like something I wanted to be a part of until I, I started reading more and, and getting involved in that side of the world. And, and I started realizing how much of a benefit self-help actually has. So when I started this podcast, I was under no illusion that that was probably, it was going to probably have the same effect on a few people. I, I, I always knew that it was going to have that effect. And someone commented that sort of thing. They were like, this guy's, you know, got an ego. He thinks he's more important than he actually is and and all that sort of jazz. And and I wanted to talk about this because I think that uh, it's important to understand that, yeah, if you are doing something that is a little bit more polarizing, something along the lines of self-help, then you're always going to end up with people that disagree with you and agree with you. And that's fine on both parties. And it's also important to understand that a lot of the positivity you're going to get, I'm under no illusion that the, you know, 65 odd people that reviewed this podcast with five stars are probably doing it because they really liked my work on Instagram and probably haven't even listened to the podcast. They just liked my work and, and came over and gave me a review because they wanted to, you know, help me out. I'm under no illusion that that's an accurate representation of this podcast worth, but I'm also not weighing too much in the negative comments, if that makes sense. Um, because yeah, when I, I always knew that when I was starting this podcast, I have always wanted to get into the world of 
self-help and and giving advice to people because I feel like I have a lot of advice and experience to draw from. I I have, you know, obviously like a lot of people gone through uh, positive periods in my life and I've gone through negative periods in my life and and I want to draw from those experiences and and try and help some people out that are in similar positions. I'm under no, you know, I I try to I like I always try to, like I said in the last podcast, draw authentically from my own experiences. I'm not going to ever sit here and tell you something that I don't have any experience in. I'm not ever going to sit here and try and explain something that I don't fully understand to you guys. It'll always be from personal experience, which is probably why it comes across sometimes as a little bit, you know, me, 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 me. I've only got my experiences to draw from. So I just wanted to quickly talk about that at the at the opening of this podcast because I do... First of all, I do really appreciate the feedback, regardless of whether it's positive or negative. Believe me, I do really, really appreciate it. It helps me out a lot, not only for boosting you know, the podcast and getting it shown to more people, but it also helps me understand what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Because when you're you know, in, when you're in the thick of it, when you're up to your, up to your gills creating, it can be difficult to take a step back and actually uh, pay attention to what you're doing. Because beyond listening to this podcast back once uh, before I post it to make sure that I don't say anything that might get me in trouble and to make sure it's cohesive and, and accurate and, and all that sort of jazz. Um, I don't really listen to it. So it's, it's you know, I, 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 I rely on your feedback. I rely on the messages. I rely on everything coming from people to, to understand what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. And, you know, I've had a lot of positive and I've also had a bit of negative. But I also understand that, you know, that's the nature of doing something a little bit more polarizing. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that probably wanted me to start a podcast where I do nothing but talk about how to take photos, how to make videos, camera equipment and the industry as a whole. But I don't think I would be able to do this consistently if that was all I was talking about. I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, just like my pretty pictures, like my sunsets, sunrises and and want me to keep my mouth shut as far as anything else. So I think that's the nature of doing stuff online, that you're going to come across positivity and you're going to come across negativity. And the more polarizing the topic or the subject matter you cover, then the more positivity and positivity, <laughs> the more positivity and negativity you're going to come across. So uh, thank you all for the reviews and everything that you guys mentioned. I, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, today I wanted to talk about a topic that I was going to talk about, um, insecurities today. I was going to talk about insecurities and, and how to, or how I've gotten over some of those insecurities in my experience. Um, you know, very recent insecurities as far as relationships and whatnot. And then also some of my own insecurities when I was younger, I've mentioned on this podcast that I was a very self-conscious person. I was, I spent a lot of my adolescent years, you know, not really aware of who I was and whatnot, but, and then I also had a lot of body image insecurities, which led to, you know, where I am with my fitness at the moment. It's coming from a much more positive place. Believe me, a few years ago it wasn't, but now it's, it's much better, but I wanted to really draw from those experiences and talk about that, uh, to help, um, you know, hopefully give people an insight into, into what my, where my mind is at as far as insecurities and how I've dealt with a lot of those. But I got a question. Uh, I put out a poll today or a question box yesterday or today. I can't remember. But yeah, it was this morning, I think, um, where I essentially just asked if you guys had any questions for the podcast. And it was just going to be to do a segment at the end. It was going to be to to answer a few questions and, and uh, you know, just do some rake some off at the end of the podcast to fill some time. But one of you asked an amazing question 
that might you might not have thought it was an amazing question, but I thought it was a really really important question and something that I could definitely draw from. Um, and that was the uh, question of who was your favorite teacher in high school and why were they your favorite teacher in high school? And uh, that question immediately sparked in me the mindset of um, doing the best you can, expecting nothing, and making sure that you give everyone your best first impression, you know, making sure that you're doing everything you can to give as much effort to every encounter that you have because you know that that person may not have ever experienced you before. That person might be coming into an encounter with you with a negative interpretation of who you are already. They might have heard something. They might have heard nothing. They might have heard positive things or negative things, but they're coming into that with an open mind and you have a responsibility to give them uh, the best possible outcome. I actually have it tattooed, this tattoo here on my shoulder, which is a uh, siren or a traditional mermaid holding a globe with a skull in it. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, but the quote that that quote tattoo is representing is... is Good people wake up every day, and I don't know who I don't know who uh, said this quote. I'm not actually sure. I actually think I read it on like Pinterest or something, so I don't even think it is like a famous or well-renowned quote. But it really spoke to me, um, and I've had it, you know, as my kind of a little bit of a mantra that I've lived by for the last at least the last four or five years, and that is, good people wake up every day and try to empty the ocean with a ladle. And the representation or the meaning that I've gained from that that quote is that, you know, you should wake up every single morning and try to do your best and expect nothing in return. You should always focus on doing your absolute best and expect absolutely nothing in return. And the reason for that is if you try to empty the ocean with a ladle, you can put in as much effort as you want, but you're not going to achieve anything because it's the ocean and you're trying to empty it with a ladle. But you've still got to get up every single morning and do your best to empty that ocean, even though you're never, ever going to empty that ocean. Um, and that some people can say that as a positive thing. Some people can say that as a negative thing. And I think that the positive you can take out of that is that, say, for example, you know, sometimes you might be emptying that ocean and you might find a something in, I don't know, you might find something and that will become a positive in itself and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm clutching at straws here. But essentially what I'm trying to say is, is if 80% of the time those efforts lead to nothing, 20% of those time those efforts will leave to lead to amazing things. So, you know, you might have an encounter with a random person that you don't know. You might come across really well to them and show a really amazing first impression, have an amazing conversation with that person. And that might lead to an opportunity because that person was someone you didn't expect them to be. That person might be, you know, uh, someone in your industry higher up than you that can offer you an opportunity that you wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. So I've always been, at least for the latter half of my life or the latter quarter, <laughs> I haven't lived for that long, since I pretty much turned 18, or no, I shouldn't say that because I was not yeah, PT was probably a period in my life where I wasn't working very hard. <laughs> um, since I left PT and since I started doing this when I was 20, uh, since I just turned 20, so the last three years or the last three and a half years, um, have been spent with this idea that, you know, effort is the most important thing. Effort is by far the most important thing and having, doing your best in every circumstance is the most important thing. And the, the reason why this comes back to the question of who was my favorite teacher in high school uh, is because 
I, th- I can't remember where I heard this. I think it might have been on Joe Rogan's podcast. But he was talking about the fact that if you think back to your time in high school or your time in university and you think back to even your childhood, so it could be a sports teacher, it could be, you know, maybe maybe one of your friend's parents had a massive impact on you. You can only really name, you know, for me, for example, I can only really name, and I'm assuming it's probably the same for you, like two, maybe four people who really had a, a massive impact on my life. And I can remember them by name. I shouldn't say their names. I might cut that. Uh, so there was one teacher, my year seven English teacher, my year seven homeroom teacher, had a tremendous impact on me as a person. Um, he just, he took me uh, in as a student that was, you know, just there to do homeroom in English and he taught me a lot about life like he gave me lessons that I still carry to this day he taught me about work ethic he taught me you know he essentially gave me or the inspiration to to put some effort into school because before that you know I was just focused on <laughs> as any what 12 year old kid I just didn't really care about school um, and he gave me the effort or gave me the idea and the mentality to work hard at school there's another teacher, my uh, rowing coach uh, gave me, you know, he's a teacher that I still am in touch with to this day and he taught me all my work ethic. He's responsible for all that sport and, you know, who knows, maybe I wouldn't have had the same experience if it wasn't for him in that sport. So I can't give it all to the sport, but he gave me all my work ethic and then I had a year 12 English teacher who was just very believing in me. Because up until that point, you know, after year 10, I sort of started realizing that school maybe wasn't for me. Um, And I just had an English teacher who genuinely believed in me. From the very start of the year, I was a horrible English student. And by the end of the year, I was better than where I started. And that was all because he believed in, in me enough to give me the attention and give me the time to to actually put some work in. And the thing that they all have in common is that they might not have realized, but they've made a tremendous impact on my life, possibly without even knowing, possibly without even realizing. And the reason for that is because they gave their best to the experience that I was having with them. They did the best that they can with every single one of their students, and they might not have had the same effect on all of their students, but they had that effect on me. And I think that that's something that you should always carry with you and you should have a think about that yourself. If you're at home right now listening to this or you're on a walk or wherever you are, I want you to think back to your childhood and I want you to try and, you know, I guarantee you won't be able to name more than five who have had a considerable impact on the character that you are today. Think about school teachers, sports coaches, you know, parents, whatever it is. I guarantee you won't be able to name more than five that have had a tremendous impact on your life. And your goal should always be, you know, carry that with you. Think about those people. Think about what they did. Think about how what they did was different to the requirements of what they needed to do. The thing that all those teachers have in common is is they taught me things that are outside of the realms of what they actually needed to do. You know, two of those teachers were English teachers they could have very easily banked it in and taught me English and called it a day but all of those people gave me something else other than what that class was giving me you know my rowing coach gave me discipline when rowing doesn't necessarily have to give you discipline you can do rowing to enjoy it but he taught me that it's discipline that's the most important thing it's it's commitment and 
standing by your word and doing what you said you were going to do, that's the most important thing. And he taught me that regardless of the fact that rowing didn't need to teach me that. So I think that that's what they all have in common is the fact that they went above and beyond just for an interaction. And from that, they've had a tremendous impact on the person I am today, Um, which is an amazing thing and something that I think you should definitely carry with yourself. So if if I can give you a little bit of homework for today, uh, think about, you know, three or four people. And I guarantee you won't be able to think of more, but think about think about three or four people. It can be one, it can be two, it can be three. Hell, if you can't think of any, then maybe you need to find one. But think of those people and think about what they did for you and then assess how that person did that. So maybe it's, you know, going, like I said, going above and beyond what they needed to do in that moment to help me out. If it's, you know, maybe they you know, stepped outside of the requirements of what the school or what the sports team or what they were supposed to do and gave me something extra, whatever it is, however they did it, keep that in mind. And then I want you to try and be that person for someone else. You should always set yourself the goal of, of being that person for, for other people and doing the best you can in every circumstance. Because the gift of being that person for another human being is is the number one that's the goal of every teacher and it should be the goal of every human being is to have enough of an impact on another person that you've helped them out tremendously um so yeah if i can give you any homework start to think about that and the other thing this reminded me of is is uh if any of you have read and I highly recommend this book. If you are wanting to get into, like we talked about at the start of this, I might as well, you know, start to say it as, as say that it is. This podcast is very quickly turning into a little bit of a self-help podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. And it, I'll try and keep away from that as much as I can when I start having guests on. But it's just the topic that I enjoy talking about the most because I think it's the most beneficial to listen to. I don't want to give you guys something that, you know, you listen to for 45 minutes and then you step away and you're like, why the fuck was I listening? Like, what? 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 what benefit did Tom give me beyond just rambling and stealing 45 minutes of my time? I want to give you guys something that you can step away with that'll actually bring you a little bit of value. So let's stop pretending this is (laughs) turning into a self-help podcast. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I shouldn't, I should like, you know, it's what I wanted to do. It's what I enjoy talking about the most at the moment. You know, that might change in the future, but for now I'm, I'm enjoying it. So Welcome to real life. That is why I called it real life. So I can talk about real life without it just not being completely related to filmmaking. (laughs) Hence the name. But if any of you haven't read 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, I think that's one of the best books that you can start on. It's a bit of a challenging read. I would personally recommend getting the audio book because Jordan Peterson has a very, very good way of narrating, a very passionate... He shows a lot of passion in the way that he talks, but his writing is very... Um, how can I describe it? He writes like he's writing a textbook. Um, he's, he's a great writer. Don't get me wrong. And his storytelling ability is incredible. The fact that he can draw so many parallels between so many different topics and and create a lesson in all of those is fantastic. But he's definitely someone who has read a lot in his own life. And so if you are new to reading, you know, especially, uh, that genre of content, then it can be difficult. It can be a little bit of a difficult read. So I would recommend getting the audiobook. But if you can't get the audiobook, give the book patience. Maybe read it. You know, maybe read every chapter twice. 
give it some time to actually sink in because he does have an elaborate but very detailed way of describing everything he talks about. And the second chapter talks about, the second chapter or the second tip or the second rule for life is called stand up straight with your shoulders back. And there's a lot of people that critique his his advice and narrow it down to just, you know, these are simple things like make your bed and all that sort of stuff. It's like, but that's not what he's actually talking about. He's giving this advice because it's a simple way of condensing a very detailed topic. And stand up tall with your shoulders back is just comes back to this. It's it's do your best in every situation, present yourself confidently, and you will come across that way. It's like I recently, um, and I will talk about this at some point. I've just not wanted to talk about it Um, because it's my business it's my personal life but we are talking personal stuff so I went through a little bit of a recent um, uh, how can I best describe it was a breakup it was a breakup and a long-term relationship breakup and uh, it was a little bit you know it was it was a tough time as every breakup is Um, it was surprising the breakup wasn't surprising but it was disappointing nonetheless and one of the things that I started doing a lot of uh, after that was reading, um, you know, reading about relationships and reading about all this sort of stuff. And one of the key things is, is you know, a lot of people would say fake it till you make it is something you should avoid. But I think in the sense of um, character changes and behavioral change and that sort of stuff, it is important to present yourself in the way that you want to be perceived and do things to show who you are or who you want to be when you might not necessarily be there yet. If you want to come across like a more confident person, if you are a little bit shy, if you are a little bit more reserved and you know there's a benefit to being a little bit more confident, then standing literally, this is the literal sense of what he's saying, standing up tall with your shoulders back is a way that you can come across more positive. And that's a simple way of describing it, but it comes down to, you know, do the best that you can do the best to be the person that you want to be and eventually you'll be that. It's like the the age-old thing of, um, you know, it's why music, it's why movies have such an effect on us emotionally because when your body, you know, when you're watching a movie and it makes you laugh, your body doesn't understand that you're just laughing at a movie. Your body, your brain, your every, like the hormones that are released when you laugh are the, still the same hormones that are released when you're laughing from something that's actually going on and when you're laughing at a movie. When you're actually happy and when you're upset but you're laughing at something, it's the same hormones that are released within your mind. It's the same serotonin, it's the same dopamine, it's the same feeling that you get from both responses and it's the exact same thing for the negative side of it. So if you're a happy person and you're constantly watching you know, sad movies, then you're actually feeling sad in those moments. Your body still behaves the exact same way in those moments. So it's worth, you know, it's worth doing the things that represent yourself in the way that you want to be perceived because that will inevitably and over time actually make you be perceived that way and actually turn you into that person. If you're a stand, if you stand tall and you put your shoulders back and you're proud and you're, you know, confident and you behave that way and you might not be completely confident you're over time going to turn into a more confident person it's you know it's like the it's like the uh what's what's the scientific term it's like the positive feedback loop the positive feedback loop where you know the the um the cure is the source 
the cure is the source is that how it's described it's i think it's like it's like with alcoholics you know the reason why alcoholics become alcoholics is because they recognize that the hangover can be cured by drinking more and then that becomes a positive feedback loop because the cure to the hangover is more alcohol which causes another hangover and then you just end up getting to the point where drinking 24 hours a day and it's the same thing with sometimes getting into the route of um being sad all the time is sometimes being sad gets you sympathy and that becomes a positive feedback loop because the cure is also the cause and you being sad gets you sympathy which makes you feel sad again because you want that sympathy and around and around and around and around you go and you end up in this victim complex and it's the same thing for just about everything so that's been a very very strange way of describing it but it's you know it's it's a tremendous way to to actually become the character you want to be. So to round that whole thing off uh, appropriately, to round this whole conversation off in a way that's going to actually have some structure is do the best that you possibly can with every encounter that you have. It comes down to, have you guys seen the Michael Jordan, The Last Dance documentary on Netflix? You know, he talks about there, Michael Jordan, I think in episode one, the end of episode one, he talks about how, Every single time he played, um, he really genuinely believed that someone in that crowd had never, ever seen him play. So he never felt like he had the opportunity to take a night off because he wanted to give everyone the same experience of Michael Jordan. He wanted everyone to experience the best Michael Jordan. So every single time he played, he played as if someone who'd never seen him play was watching. And that meant that every single time he did anything, he did the best that he possibly can. It's the same thing here is do the best that you possibly can on every single opportunity that you have to do anything. And I guarantee you'll end up being a better person for it. And you'll possibly be that one in, you know, that two out of every hundred people that someone genuinely has a impact on someone else. You know, if you can be that person for one other person, that's an incredible, incredible thing. The other thing I wanted to cover today was um, a little experience that I had this week. Um, and I think that something that'll come across as, as quite beneficial. I'm going to make a video about this, but since there's, you know, these podcasts get listened to by about 150 to 200 people per episode, I don't think I'm in any fear of spoiling the video for anyone who's planning on watching the YouTube video. But, um, Right now is a very strange time because you've got, and I'm def, I've definitely been one of them over the last few weeks. I'm, I'm really trying not to be like overly in your face. Like I'm really trying not to be tone deaf in my delivery of, um, you know, taking advantage of this period and all that sort of stuff. It is something that I, every single time I release anything online at the moment, I am very, very, very conscious of how it might be perceived how it's structured, how everything is said. Because the last thing that I want to do is come across as tone deaf. The last thing I want to do is, is you know, make someone feel bad about themselves, make someone feel uncomfortable for the way that they're doing something because th that doesn't help anyone. <laughs> that really doesn't help anyone. There's no benefit to me making you feel bad about the fact that you're not being productive during that time. It's useless and i think there's a lot of people out there right now you know the the ceo uh instagram bio entrepreneurs out there right now you know screaming at you to you know 
Make sure you invest your money right now because there's never been a better opportunity or now is the time to capitalize on this and all that sort of stuff. It's like when in reality, most people are just trying to make sure that they've got enough money to pay for their food and and get by. So I think that there's, for as, as many people as there are right now who are yelling at you and telling you to be productive and screaming and in your face and all that sort of shit, there's also the other side of people who, you know, they're just focusing on getting out of bed every single day. Their main goal every single day is to make sure that they shower at least once a day. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, the two sides of the coin right now. And I don't think there's anything overly negative about the latter i don't think there's anything bad about the fact that there are people out there who you know maybe don't shower every single day anymore and their biggest accomplishment every single day is just making sure they get out of bed once and then i don't think there's anything overly positive about the person who's screaming in your face and telling you to be productive and all that sort of stuff i think both have downsides and positives to either um so i wanted to tell this story because i think this is you know as much as i have been as much as I've, I've been very proud of myself for being productive in this time, as much as I'm glad that, you know, I've, I've been able to do more in this time than I was for ages. And a lot of that is just because of the fact that I'm not doing any client work. So all that time gets replaced by this, but I, you know, I, I still do have periods where even in this period where I feel like I'm being super productive this week is a sign or a, an example of when, you know, it's all very well and good to feel like you're being productive, but if you don't give yourself the time to actually take some time off, if you don't give yourself the the moment to relax, if you don't give yourself the moment to play some Call of Duty, then maybe things aren't going to go super well. I've had this project uh, sitting in my to-do list, my inbox from a client who's, uh, it's a client that I've wanted to work for for a very long time. It's a client that is I'm very, very excited about. I'm stoked to be able to work for. But, um, and the best part about this whole job is it's a client job, but it's for my YouTube channel. So all the videos that I make for this are going to be on my YouTube channel. So it's essentially, you know, client work paid for like client work, but then I get to post it on my YouTube channel. It's essentially the perfect job. I'm so excited about it. It's with a client that I really love. But for God's sakes, I've had it for 10 days and I've only just, the deadline is like two days from now and I've only just really sat down to start working on it because I've just this week have really struggled to focus my energy on what needs to be worked on because I've put so much on my plate in a very short amount of time and just sort of overwhelmed myself with everything all at once, which I, I don't think is a positive thing. I really don't think that just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it all sticks before you completely lose control is a good thing. I think that's a terrible thing. I think that's a terrible way to handle it. I just didn't think that, you know, I saw an opportunity and I leapt at it and I don't think, you know, I really fully comprehended the fact that you need some time off. You need a break. You need to relax. You need to take your time. Everything takes time you need to have some patience. I think I just saw the opportunity and decided to pounce. So I wanted to talk about what I did and the transformation. Let's talk about it that way. The transformation that I went through this week and how I sort of got over that um, that hump of procrastination. And hopefully this will give you guys, because I've said a lot about you know how it's a good time to work hard. It's a good time to start new things, get new skills, do all that sort of thing. But I haven't given you guys some actual genuine like pieces of advice that you can start utilizing to actually start doing that sort of thing. Um, 
So I thought, what better way to do that than right now? Um, the first thing that I, I did this week differently was uh, I didn't have I didn't put so much pressure on myself to get that done. I didn't put so much pressure on myself to get anything done, in fact, this week. Um, for the last few weeks, I've been very focused on making sure I hit my kilometers on my bike. I've made sure that I've, you know, made sure I'm getting up early and making sure that I'm going to bed early. I'm making sure that I'm doing all the work that I need to get done on certain days for certain days of the week to be posting and all that sort of stuff. And I've just been running on adrenaline for a few weeks and this week was the first week where I sort of just took a step back because the week before was um, a little bit more of a struggle and I sensed it coming on and I sort of gave myself this week where I said all right just try and forgive yourself if you don't get up early forgive yourself if you don't go for a ride today forgive yourself if you don't you know record the podcast today or do what you set out to do today or forgive yourself if you're feeling a little bit more tired tonight because if you don't, then you're just going to end up in a negative feedback loop where all you do is get pissed off over the fact that you didn't do the work and then get more pissed off over the fact that you're getting pissed off over the fact that you didn't do the work and so on and so forth. So what I did this week was I just gave myself a little bit more <laughs> empathy. You know, when I don't do something, it was, okay, that's fine. Let's try and do it tomorrow. And that really really helped straight away i think that that made a tremendous impact not only to um, actually getting the work done but to taking a step back and really assessing everything the way that it is rather than being so concerned with making sure i'm you know on 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 and not concentrating so much on that and concentrating on actually you know being productive in a good way so once i did that i um i do this thing every now and again where um how can I describe this? Uh, I I diary or journal, but it's kind of sporadic and random. Like I don't like to write a diary like, you know, dear diary, today I did this, this and this. But I like to write just like, just pull out a pen and a paper and write and start writing and don't stop until I've filled the page or feel like I can stop writing or whatever it is. And this comes in the form of um, essentially spring cleaning my mind. Like trying to really, you know, declutter and get everything moving properly and get everything in sync. It's kind of like, you know, my my desk, you know, on the perfect day, I might wake up in the morning and it's all clean and nice and it's been dusted and, and everything is laid out really perfectly and the hard drives are ready for the day of work and all the other hard drives are put away and there's nothing excess on the desk. It's just the stuff that I need, nothing else. But <laughs> perfect doesn't exist and most of the time what actually ends up happening is I wake up in the morning and there's a wine glass sitting on my desk from the night before. There's maybe a few teacups, a bunch of water bottles, every single hard drive I own is spread out across the desk. All of my lenses, cameras, everything, there might be other bullshit that's just left on the desk and that's usually the reality, that's usually common place is the fact that it's it's cluttered it's busy and when i get up in the morning that's the last thing that i want to do is sit down and go to work in a space that doesn't inspire me and the one thing that's not going to be inspiring is a cluttered busy and chaotic workspace so the first thing i do most days is make my bed because my bed is technically part of my workspace and and walking into a room with an unmade bed is not nice for anyone whereas walking into a room with a nice clean well-made bed and everything done up is is much nicer 
So I usually start my day by making my bed and clearing my workspace completely. So unplugging everything from my laptop. So all the hard drives that were plugged in, all the programs that were running, all the tabs that were open, closing everything, emptying the desk, taking down all the wine glasses, clearing everything out of my room that doesn't need to be in here. So trying to give everything a little bit of a clean. And then I get into my workday. So rather than starting off on yesterday's work, I can completely start fresh. And I still do this even if I'm continuing a project. So say if I'm up late editing something and then the next morning I come down, I'll still close the project, just re-figure out what I'm actually needing to do that day and then open it up again if I still need to do it. Because I find that starting out fresh every single day is so much better for you mentally than just continuing on the work that you did yesterday. Because if you do that, then it's going to happen day after day after day and you're going to end up just sort of letting your body and letting your mind go into sleep and then waking up feeling the exact same way that you left off and you really don't ever get an opportunity to rest. So separate to this piece of advice, I think one thing that you can do, especially right now if you're working from home and if you're a filmmaker, is when you finish your workday, unplug everything, shut all the programs. Like if you've got like four or five hard drives plugged into your computer like I do, unplug them all, close all the programs, close all your tabs, close everything and start fresh. Like if you want to watch a movie, close everything down and just have just the movie playing. Or if you want to just browse YouTube and binge Facebook and jump on House Party or whatever you want to do, actually close everything and give your mind a chance to rest. So for me... I do that by, I do that with my mind by grabbing my journal or grabbing my diary and I just write everything. So that, you know, all the thoughts that are in my mind, everything I need to do, all my tasks, all my chores. So, you know, if I've got any anything relating to life in general that needs to be done as well as work because that's something I often forget. In fact, I was supposed to hang out with a friend this morning and I completely forgot and I feel horrible about that. I'm sorry if you're listening. I was supposed to hang out with her this morning and I completely forgot. So, you know, having everything written down means that there's less inside my mind to clutter everything from being able to create. So by doing that, you're essentially treating your mind like a like a storage cabinet if you're just jamming and jamming and jamming things into a storage cabinet or filling up a hard drive when these hard drives get to max capacity this is a four terabyte hard drive when this gets to 3.9 terabytes this thing starts to run pretty bloody slow and that's because it's almost full and your mind is exactly the same if you start running your mind close to capacity then there's no way you're going to be able to give it anything the attention that it actually needs because you're going to be so caught up concentrating on so many different things at once so open up a notepad open up a don't do it on your computer don't do it actually write it down because when you write it down they become real they become tangible they become manageable and write down everything so even if it's like should i work out today do i what do i want to eat for dinner who have i got to hang out with this week have i not messaged a bunch of my friends in a while these are all thoughts that run through my mind one of the things that i'm really conscious of at the moment is is making sure that i'm keeping in touch with a lot of my friends right now because you know i <laughs> i am the type of person that often forgets that a mobile phone runs both ways so if someone's not calling me but i'm also not calling them then it's just as much my fault that i'm not keeping in touch as it is them for not keeping in touch with me so i often forget that in life and it leads to a lot of situations where friends will come to me in like six months and be like hey like i haven't heard you from you in ages and i'll be like i haven't heard from you in ages and, and it's just this weird back and forth when in reality neither of us realize that a mobile phone works both ways and we just both were expecting each other to call so 
that's something that's going through my mind. Like I just said, this is what I mean. He's like, right now I'm trying to record a podcast and that is something that was running on my mind that needed to come out. So if I had just sat down before this podcast and wrote all of these things out, then I wouldn't have probably gone on the tangent that I did just then talking about that, which is irrelevant to all of you. So getting those ideas out into paper really, really helps me declutter my mind the same way that I declutter my desk. Because you know the feeling. If any of you filmmakers know, and even if you don't have a desk space, just think about when you open up your laptop and there's a million tabs open, like every single finder window you can possibly have open is open. Everything is just chaotic and a mess. Think about how nasty that is to open your laptop to and go to work. Whereas when you open your laptop, it's completely blank. Your, you know, your desktop is clean. Everything's organized. How much nicer that is to go to work to. And it's the same thing with your mind. You need to treat your mind like you would a workspace and not clutter your mind. So having that opportunity to declutter your mind is, is the next thing that I did that really, really helped me out this week and, and something that I definitely need to do more. And the reason why I really struggled with doing it I think is this project is a to give context it's a it's a video series with a company that I I will talk about eventually because obviously I've got to release the videos but it's a video project with a company where we're teaching people how to edit on the three main Adobe programs so Lightroom Photoshop and Premiere Pro and they're basic videos they're just you know tips videos like a bunch of five tip videos about all three programs um, but I realized this week that another thing that I like to do a lot is um, with my to-do list, I have obviously the things I need to do, but under every single task, I have the reason why I'm doing it. So I'll write down you know, my to-do list and it might say, make X YouTube video or make Y YouTube video. And under that, it'll be, why am I making this? And my reason might be, I'm making this YouTube video because I want people to know that, for example, I'm working on a YouTube video now called, There's No Such Thing as a Starving Artist. And my reason for that video is very powerful because the reason for that video is I want to encourage people who don't feel like it's a possibility, who felt the same as I did when I was in high school or just after high school, who felt trapped by the fact that they had this talent, but didn't know what to turn it into. So they just went into a career that they, or degree or whatever whatever it is that they didn't actually enjoy because they felt like there was no option for them. So my why for this video is I want to show people who don't realize it's possible that it's possible and it's no that you know there is no such thing as a starving artist. I want to show people that you can go and become an artist and become very successful as an artist and you know it's no less risky than any it's no more risky than any other career you know for all your friends that tell you that oh being an artist is risky you're not going to make any money you know if they're studying economics it's just as hard to get an accounting job or a decent one so it's just as risky or just not just as risky as it how how did i say that it's just as risky as any other career um and that video is very powerful for me and very strong in my why so it's very easy for me to commit time to that because i believe in it whereas i realized very quickly that this project didn't have a strong why and the reason why it didn't have a strong why is because i didn't sit down and actually talk about it i didn't talk about this because it was a project that was given to me not a project that came to mind usually when a project comes to mind to me it's usually associated with a fairly strong why because the why is what brought the project to life does that make sense so usually it's like i'll have the idea like for example this one there's no such thing as a starving artist. It originally started out by wanting to talk about money. 
because I always have conversations with artists that I talk to in person and over calls and over live streams and that sort of stuff where a lot of artists are really uncomfortable to talk about money. And a lot of artists that have money don't like to talk about money because they don't want to like, they don't want to alienate their audience. Um, so I really wanted to make a video because I felt like that was a strong reason to make that video where I talk about that reality. I talk about the fact that it's dumb that none of us want to talk about money. It's dumb that none of us do talk about money. And it's something that we really should talk about. And that idea evolved into the video that it's going to be now. And that's a strong why. Whereas when I sat down and talked about this one, it was given to me. So I don't have a strong why for it. So the first thing that I did was I gave it a strong why. And, you know, from then I was able to, you know, sit down and actually create the video. And then the last thing I recognized this week and tried to really focus on is, is that action comes before motivation. Motivation does not come before action. It's like this bullshit idea that, you know, you're going to be sitting there one day and suddenly motivation is going to strike and you're going to be inspired to start that YouTube channel or start that podcast and you're going to be perfectly ready to go and everything's going to sync up and it's going to be like fireworks and, and dreams come true and everything works out perfectly and it's just complete bullshit. It doesn't work like that. Nothing ever works like that. Um, it's always action and then motivation catches up. It does suck. Like it does really, really suck that it's that way. And usually the start of a project is the worst. There's a reason why they say, you know, the start of a run is always the worst. The worst kilometers for a run like when i go for a when i used to now that i can't when i went for like a a 20k or a 30k run the worst kilometers were always the first five no matter what the slowest and the worst kilometers were always the first five because that's when motivation hadn't caught up yet my inspiration and my adrenaline and everything that kept me going all the endorphins hadn't caught up to me running yet so it was harder for me to run as fast as i wanted for as long as i wanted but as soon as I got past, you know, six, seven, eight Ks, it just clicked and then it was easy. And it's the same thing with literally everything else is once you start doing something, no matter what it is, once you take that action, then the motivation will have the opportunity to catch up. So say, for example, with this, for example, is they're videos that I want to script because I want to do a voiceover for the video and then do animations because I feel like that's the most engaging way to do uh, tips and tricks video because it's short, snappy, to the point, really easy to consume and really visually appealing rather than me talking to camera and editing and it's just a little bit slow paced and whatnot. So for me, a really easy task for me to do is sit down and plan the video because that doesn't require any recording. That doesn't require me to look good in front of camera or be ready to present or be ready to talk to camera. It just requires me sitting down with my notes app open, my phone turned off, which is the next point I'll get to and start to work really hard on that project. And once I start scripting the video, well, then suddenly I get inspired to make the video. And as soon as I finish scripting it, I record it. And then as soon as I finish recording it, it's always easier to edit because once the recording's over, motivation is caught up and I'm ready to complete this project. And that's something that was very, very obvious to me this week is, is that I just lacked motivation because I hadn't started it. All I had was an email in my inbox telling me I had to do it. That was the only action that I had so far. I hadn't written it in my to-do list. I hadn't scripted anything. I hadn't planned anything. I hadn't recorded anything. Nothing was done yet. So the motivation wasn't there to do it. And I was kind of waiting for the perfect moment to happen. I was setting myself the goal of every single day. I was saying literally every single day this week, I sat down and I said, you're going to make this video today. And it never happened because I'd go through the day and I'd get opportunities where I could record and I'd sit there and go, 
ah, now, nah, now's not the perfect time. Now's, you know, maybe tomorrow will work or I'll do it on Friday. I'll do it on Sunday. And that day never, ever, ever comes. And I'm going to be honest with you, if I didn't have the deadline later this week, if I didn't have to have those videos done for a client, there's probably a good chance that I wouldn't have had those videos done because that I reckon I would have stuck with that mentality of now's not the perfect time to do it. There will be a perfect time that comes to do it, but now's not the perfect time. And the last thing that I did this week that really, really helped me out was I just put my phone away. (laughs) I turned off my phone and it made such a tremendous difference. Um, I, you know, I, I turned this thing off and I put it away. I turned it off and I threw it onto my bed. So it's out of sight, out of mind, completely out of reach. It's not going to distract me. It's not in my presence. It's just going to be something that when I'm ready and I'm finished my work, then I can go and jump on my phone. And you would be incredibly surprised by how much of a benefit that was this week just by turning off my phone. Now, for me, that was my phone because I don't I don't own a PlayStation or an Xbox or anything like that. My phone is my most distracting thing. YouTube is something that fills a lot of my time. Not me making YouTube videos. I mean, me actually consuming YouTube videos is something that wastes a lot of my time. So by turning off my phone that distraction element was completely eliminated and I was able to actually work. I was able to actually concentrate fully on my work without feeling just completely distracted. So turn off your phone, create some friction between you and the thing that absorbs a lot of your time. If for you it's PlayStation, this is something I used to do when I did play a lot of PlayStation back in the day. Like when I had a job um, was right when, and it was probably because I didn't enjoy my job, but I really struggled. (laughs) There was a few times where I was late to work because I was playing PlayStation. So what I started doing is uh, every single time I played, I had to unplug the PlayStation and put it away in the shelf in my room. And if I wanted to play out, to take it out and plug it back in. And that simple act of creating friction between, you know, deciding I want to play and actually being able to play was enough to stop me from playing 90% of the time. Because, you know, we all know the feeling. It's like we open up our phone completely instinctually we don't even think about what we're doing we open up our phone and start scrolling through instagram scrolling through facebook for no intention it's completely by habit and it's something that distracts so much of your time just scrolling randomly or pointlessly on social media so by creating a level of friction by simply turning this off even if you don't put it away even if you don't put it on your bed or whatever Just by turning this off and having it face down your desk creates enough friction that when you pick it up and you have to wait for it to turn on, in that time that you're waiting for it to turn on is enough time where you can go, I don't actually need to be on my phone. Maybe I shouldn't do that today. So that really, really, really helped me this week just to be a lot more conscious with my work, to be a lot more present with what I was doing because I've got to be honest with you guys, the first half of this week, I really didn't do much. I really, really didn't do much. I was wasting a lot of time for the first half of this week um, just purely because I really lacked, you know, I, I think I got a little bit burnt out. I've got to be honest with you. I think I just didn't give myself the time, the energy and the space to really create what I needed to create. I was so focused on taking my own advice that I didn't really think about what I was doing. So, um, yeah, that's the story or what I discovered this week and how I got over that little hurdle of not being able to create what I wanted to create is by, you know, figuring out 
those little habits and those little mental, you know, these are just mental, uh, it's just a mental checklist to run to through. And you can do this every single day. I started doing, um, well, from Wednesday, I've done it every day where I get up in the morning and after I create it in, as part of my routine of making my bed and cleaning my desk, I make my bed, clean my desk, declutter my mind in my diary. Like my diary has usually been for my to-do list and now my diary has become my to-do list and my thoughts. (laughs) So, which has been a great help because I'm going into each day with a clean mind, a clean desk and a clean room. And that really, really helps me to create the best or the highest capacity that I can. Oh man, I think this is a long, long episode. I think we're coming up on an hour almost. Um, Yeah, like... Let's let's briefly talk about um, something quickly as well, uh, and that's you know bringing it back full circle. I think this podcast and what I you know want to achieve, what I'm enjoying about it, what I'm doing, and and you know I if I'm if I'm being completely honest with you, and they're probably not listening because they didn't enjoy the podcast, but the the negative reviews that I got and the negative opinions that I got on the podcast really struck a chord because I was expecting them. Um, and I think those are, those are the negative comments that always affect you the most because in part of your mind is actually worried about that response. And I was actually worried about that response. And I really, you know, I, I'm very, very conscious about not coming across that way. And I'm very, very conscious about um, not coming across like, uh, you know, I totally understand that there's a lot of people out there that really don't enjoy at first. And I was one of them at some point that self-help can be a very, very polarizing topic to talk about. It can be a very, very, uh, it can be a very pretentious industry. It can be a very interesting and, and very cold and weird topic to talk about sometimes. And something that really strikes a nerve with a lot of people because that's the nature of self-help sometimes. It's it's a little bit confronting to hear. It is a little bit confronting to hear sometimes. And I'm not trying to say that my advice is confronting because none of my advice is very confronting. But um, I think that in general, self-help as a genre can come across that way. And I hope truly that it's not coming across that way to a lot of people. So I just wanted to say that, that and, and say that hell, I'm... I'm you know, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't really believe in it. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think that it was valuable to someone who's listening or it didn't think it was something that someone might be able to take away and, and implement into their own life or draw from my experiences to, to help themselves. Um, I wouldn't be putting out this podcast if I didn't believe that. So, you know, as much as there's a part of me that you know, you know, there's a part of me that's sitting there like, oh, maybe I would have been better if I just, you know, talked about nothing but cameras, filmmaking, photography, and digital art. But I've got to be honest with you, it's just not something I was interested in. You know, I don't want to talk about those topics every single day. Whereas I do like talking about self-help every single day. I do really enjoy the topic of self-improvement and self-empowerment and helping everyone to, you know, even if I just encourage you to read one more book or if I encourage you to think about things a little bit differently, if I encourage you to maybe, you know, 
look at yourself from a perspective that you might not have considered before even if i just consider you or if i just uh encourage you to do that then that's and that's a positive in my opinion so yeah i just i hope you're enjoying the podcast and if you're not enjoying the podcast thank you for listening anyway i do really appreciate it regardless if you have been enjoying the podcast i would really appreciate if you could leave a five-star review on apple podcast if you could follow me on spotify or if you could follow on any of the listening platforms that you are listening to but above all else the number one thing that you can do to help me out the most is share the podcast with a friend i've rambled on this and i will continue rambling on it week after week but word of mouth is still the most powerful form of distribution so if you are enjoying the podcast if you genuinely do believe and don't do this unless you genuinely do believe it i would really appreciate it to come from a place of sincerity and if that means that you're not going to do it so be it but if you are genuinely enjoying this podcast and you do think it would help or you do think it would be entertaining for someone to hear then please consider sharing the podcast with them please consider sending it to someone texting it to them letting them know to listen and where to listen to it because that would help me out massively and i would really really appreciate it but as always that is entirely up to you and i'll see you guys next week